In this episode, we have too much of my edits, a lot of wind chimes, table hitting, and unfortunately, no mic. Hello, and welcome once again to the M4 Project, a movie podcast about films the wider public haven't seen. We watch things that you missed and tell you if they're worth watching. As always, I'm Matthew Jelenic. And <laughs> I'm Morgan Davidson. Um, I've been wondering, what would you rather be stuck on a desert island with? One. Hypothetical situation option one. A devoted Star Trek nerd that knows advanced Klingon with a severe case of eczema. I'm talking like skin flaking off him constantly like a sausage roll crumbs. crumbs. <laughs> or. Second option. <laughs> An extremely constipated party clown in full attire who before this Desert Island Stranding hadn't been booked in eight months and who happens to be called Pogo. Well, that's fucking interesting. Do I want a leper trekkie or a constipated clown? Oh. I, I'm half tempted to go the trekkie because you could use him like an audiobook because <laughs> he would no doubt know this script to every single episode ever. And I mean, fair enough, you have to hear it through this voice. And then Captain Kirk comes into the room and he's all sitting in his chair, but he's got his cool suit and his suit and all that kind of thing. Oh my god, my king is dropping the ocean. Um, you can listen to him debate him, debate yeah. who the favourite person is with himself. Yeah, I could do that. Or I can spend time with a clown who would call Pogo and go, fuck me! Jesus, I'm oh, backed up as fuck. You know what's all about being a clown? Not getting booked. If I can tell you, my eight months. Only clowns have rent too. Oh, I'm probably going to Trekkie. Trekkie? Yeah. I'm going to try Star Trek Nerd. I don't have a fear of clowns, but I think I would struggle to sleep with a clown constantly there. It would give you some sort of <laughs> night <laughs> You'd wake up right over and there's this clown. You're like, holy fuck. Where do you keep finding the makeup, Clarence? <laughs> you just or in my ways. <laughs> you find stuff in nature yeah. that you can give him the colour. He's Coke like an Aboriginal. Coconut cream and flies. Anyways. Uh, yeah, anyways. On to this week's film, my pick. Casino Royale. But not the Casino Royale that the most, most people would know. Oh, no. It's Casino Royale from 1967. Probably the better Casino Royale, in my opinion. Ooh! Interesting. Definitely. I'm not sure I'd entirely agree with that, but basically... Um, excuse me, just before we start. Yeah. The cast alone. The cast alone uh, is pretty spectacular. Anyway, back to you. Uh, so the quick back of the tin is... <laughs> well, first I'll actually give a bit of history. A brief history of James Bond in cinema. What happened was the James Bond film started in 1963. They came out with roaring success. To the point, this is Connery era? Yeah, this is Connery era. Uh, to the point where the studio bought the licenses, uh, licensed every other James Bond book that they could, which was every other James Bond in, exist- uh, Bond in existence except for one, Casino Royale, which had been licensed to an American firm uh, years before for a TV movie that I don't think ever got made. With this license and the success of James Bond, that studio sold it to uh, MGM, and MGM decided we're going to make a spoof out of it. History lesson is over. And it it is a strange, strange film because it has five directors, four writers, and a whole bunch. But I'm just going to read you the, uh, the the quick top of the list of the uh, cast list here: Peter Sellers, Ursula Andress, David Nevin, Orson Welles, Joanna Pettet, 
Woody Allen, Deborah Kerr, William Holden. It's It's got all sorts of people in it. Anyway, the quick back of the tin is... Okay, so I rambled a lot in my original back of the tin, so I'm just going to do it again now. Not the rambling, the back of the tin. Oh, God, it's already started. In this version of Casino Royale, Sir James Bond is a well-respected, surprisingly celibate, and very retired spy. He is dragged back into the clandestine world of foreign intelligence due to the actions of Smirsh, a group that has infiltrated every spy agency on the planet and killed hundreds of agents. Sir James sets to work. He hires a few new faces with specialist skills such as Baccarat playing and money, renames all agents to James Bond 007 to confuse, well, everyone, and begins down the trail to the leader of Smirsh. The film itself has several 007s that have their own stories to deal with, an all-star cast, and that special 60s weirdness that can only come from big-name personality clashes and mind-expanding drugs. Absolutely. More to your back of the tin, though. Yes. So, Sir James Bond... I thought it was different to what you just said. On account of the rambling. Yeah. So he's a legendary British spy who's retired from the Secret Service, blah, 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 blah. He's visited by the heads of the British, American, French and Russian Secret Services asked to come out of retirement. He refuses. Mm-hmm. They blow up his house and he gets back. In this Bond universe, he is celibate. Yeah. Bond is celibate. And he, he, he ref, you know, he, he is indifferent to the, the woos of women. He's not swayed by women anymore. Makes him very different to the 007 portrayed in every other Bond film mm-hmm. um, where they can't wait and they're more than happy to throw a leg over any woman who spoke to them longer than 007 seconds. That's why he was needed. I would have said 007 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! That would have been brilliant. Um, that's why. Can we just read... Yeah, edit that in. in. Edit that in. Just, yeah. just say it. Yeah. <laughs> 007 seconds. There we go. There we go. <laughs> the power of editing. <laughs> Originally, he said 0.296 seconds. This is why James Bond is needed in, in this world, and he's promoted to the head of MI6. He learns that British agents around the world have been eliminated by enemy spies because of their inability to resist sex. After that is where the story goes batshit fucking crazy. And he decides to call every other yeah. agent James Bond. Yes, well, there, there was already one James There was one Bond. James Bond. There was one James Bond. who He's like, I'm not happy about that. And... In this, as he's trying to work out how to deal with all the agents being killed uh, on account of the fact that they're all womanizers and alcoholics, I think he even says. And he says, you know what, as a, as a method of distra- um, distraction and to sort of throw all their enemies off their game, every agent is now called James Bond. The, the, someone says, isn't that going to cause some confusion? He said, exactly. <laughs> and off, off they off, go. Off so, they go on this weird and wonderful rise. Yeah. At the same time, because they've lost so many agents, they're also going to do a bit of a recruiting recruitment run and get some new agents. And it moves into like a bigger dick contest between Peter Sells and Orson Welles of who is the most brilliant person on screen yeah. at any one given time. Uh, just before we get too far, the Sir James Bond is played by Danny Nevin. Moving to characters and uh, performances. Characters, actors and their performances. So start with David Nevin as he's Sir James Bond. So as Sir James Bond, I almost think had James Bond gone for a bit more of a light-hearted feel than Sean Connery's interpretation, David Nevin would have made a great Bond. Oh yeah, he yeah he he's was suave as fuck. Yeah, and he's a bit elderly. Yeah, at this uh, he play that's why he plays this role well as the retired yeah. Bond, but um. I'm sure, like, in these days of uh, Guns of Navarone sort of mm. days, it would have been a, a little bit of a different story, which, yeah, I was a massive fan of Guns of Navarone and um, Around the World in 80 Days. So he brings to this role just, just a little bit different, and he's got that little bit of comic timing as well, which Absolutely. works, again, great in this movie. He was really refreshing as a Bond. The sun's out, but no one's willing to party. You need all new and refreshing Bond. 
now available in George Lazenby, which is the best Bond. I don't care what anyone says. Considering what Bonds we've had, and I had no idea this Bond existed. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, no, I actually, I, I really like him as a Bond. Yeah. Like, he's up there now with my list of Bonds. He's jumped to quite a few people. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Timothy Dalton's still on top. Uh, George Lazenby. <laughs> Um, but no, no, he done a really, he done a really, really good, really good job. I, I definitely loved um, at the very start, after he's been forced out of retirement, when he goes to um, MI6's M's widow's house, yeah. um, who has been replaced by all these Smirsh agents. Yeah. Everyone um, in the, the everyone house. in the household, the entire ha- household, and they're, they're trying to tarnish his celibate image. Just the way he carries on in that house and tries yeah. to elude and avoid having his reputation tarnished is brilliant. Oh, I, I did. I did love the part of the movie that gave me probably the best laugh was when he's there talking to Mrs. M and she asked if there was anything left of a husband who was blown up in the destruction of the Bonds house Uh, so it can be buried with the family crypt and all that remained was a toupee and he says with such fine comic timing um, you know just how personal is a toupee to which she replies it can be regarded as a heirloom yeah, which is great. And I was just like, oh, like I, I yeah, laughed, her, her I lulled. More on him or, have you, or move on? I think there's so many that we should probably just sort of move Give on. We can come back to him. Peter Sellers as Evelyn Tremble, James Bond 007. A Baccarat master recruited by Vesta Berlin to challenge... La- oh, I could never say this. What was that? Le Chiffre? The Chiffre. The Chiffre at Casino Royale, which wasn't really explained in... A lot of sense. It was yeah. very, very fucking loose. Very fucking loose. Nope. Nope. Not going to do a uh, your mum joke. Because it wouldn't be a joke. It's a statement of a fact. Boom! <laughs> Top quality comedy. Yeah. Um, I love that Peter Sellers in this just randomly does Indian and Chinese accents. Because he can. It could be just because he can. Yeah. And just... just just doesn't they don't really fit in with the movie, nope. but they fit in with the oddness of the movie, so therefore it fits in. Yeah. It was interesting to note that Sellers left the production before all his scenes were shot, uh, which is why his character his final scenes in the movie Trembler. sort of don't make a don't lot make any sense. sense. Yeah, no. So they're abruptly captured. It's unclear whether he walked off or was fired, um, given that he he had a lot of days absent, but he also was in massive conflict conflicts with Orson Welles. Yeah, they hated um, each other. Either and, explanation really yeah. is plausible. I think uh, even Woody Allen uh, had uh, buck-torns with, with Sellers. More than likely, yeah. he was a pretty abrasive character. Mm. This this left the filmmakers to sort of d- devise a way um, to use the existing footage to make it work for them. I thought it was quite funny that originally, uh, in the released version of the films, it was just a cardboard cutout of Sellers in the background um, that was used for the final scenes. In later versions, the cardboard cutout was replaced by trick photography um, for the scenes in Highland Dress. <laughs> I, just, I, wish, I wish I had have seen the original. That would have been fantastic. Card- carbon- that would have been great. Cardboard cutout. That would have been great. So because Sellers was leaving, yeah, uh, there's missing bits throughout this film which do make it feel a little bit disjointed and more of an acid trip than it already is. Yep. But it was mm. the 60s. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, uh, you have to remember the film had five active directors. It, it yeah. didn't change hands or everything. There was five, five active directors. It almost has a uh, series of splice sketches, almost a carry-on. Yes. Sort very, of very. Feel to it. So... It can really feel quite disjointed. We're getting into the looks and themes. Let's stick to characters. Uh, Ursula Andress as Vespa Lynn. Fantastic performance. 
known as being one of the most beautiful actresses of her era for yeah. a reason. Great character. And her, her, char- her character itself yeah. was just quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, she's, she's again, she's like James Bond. Yeah, she's, she's a Sir James Bond. She's retired. Mm-hmm. She's forced back yeah, in exchange for writing off her tax debts, mm-hmm. um, which I just was, yeah, thank you. As, as a reason for like, I have no fucking idea why she's back. Tax debts, that, that yeah. will work. I'll write that one Absolutely, down. Absolutely, because she's, she's <clears> immediately portrayed as this person who's, she decides no I've decided I'm not going to buy the Eiffel Tower but I will buy Lord Nelson's statue from Trafalgar Square Square. and have it in my garden and she's trotting around this room giving all these commands clearly insanely wealthy and yeah she's like you can have nothing I want I'm incredibly rich she goes well I've got this ticket for five million dollars of tax credit Uh." (laughs) and she's in she also had like that strong female character Mm. she played it's a yeah. Compared to every other Bond girl ever, she actually had, you know, some cojones. Well, she actually brought a bit of normality to the film yeah. because she was the only one who wasn't batshit, really batshit crazy. True. In, in a lot of sense. Um, and she's actually credited with being the first ever Bond girl in Doctor No. So she'd already been there, already done that. So yeah. this time she wasn't actually, you know, being the one who was had to take all the clothes off. Yeah. Uh, she just is there for a good time and just a, a bit, a bit, a bit extra. Mm. Awesome Wells. Orson Welles. Uh, Orson Welles is Orson Welles, much like Peter Sellers is Peter Sellers. He's big. He's, big. he's, he's a big, big boy. Uh, As Le Chiffre. Le Chiffre. Smirsh's financial age. Yes, and uh, backer up player slash magician illusionist. Yeah, so he, he, he he's important to this film because he'd stolen millions of dollars from Smirsh. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to find a, a way to, to get it back. So he was really there in yeah. to find out the ins and outs of Smirsh. I did love the way his character went about trying to get the money to, f- to start off with. It was just such a, such today-ish, like mm-hmm. in this current sort of Trumpish climate. You know, he, he was trying to sell lewd photos of high-profile people in, in an auction to the heads of the Secret Service departments from around the world. <laughs> I can so see Trump giving that, yep. you know, kind of, yeah. uh, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to get it done. Yeah. Uh, it like, was so I like comical. the fact that it's, it's like he's got a, what was it, an auction of some of the most prized possessions in the world. He's like, oh, well, there must be paintings or something. Yeah, the Mona Lisa so or... It ends up just being this slideshow of all these generals sleeping with people, yeah. With various strippers and that kind of thing, which I thought was great. So they have all these generals bidding against each other for their photos. But in this, he's big, he's bold, he's clearly the master of his art, mm-hmm. um, which is why I can see why him and Peter Sellers had this biggest, bigger dick oh, contest. Because yeah. Orson Welles is a bit of an all-rounder. Mm. Um, you know, he can do a bit of funny, and he can do serious, and he can just be big, and he can just own the screen. Yeah. Um, Peter Sellers is a, is a master comedian, but it would have been very yeah. off-putting to have this big character. To, to the point where I don't think they actually... Well, this, for the scenes at the Baccarat table, they were never in the same room. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. His character also has this sense of whimsical about him as well, with that with the, the magic Doing scenes. The magic, the magic scenes were uh, some of the best scenes. Just yeah. the way he... He's hypnotized and yeah, well, in the movie, eye. the whole yeah, the whole thing is everyone's supposed to look at him while he does this thing, yeah. and you couldn't take your eyes off yeah. him. He was amazing. Woody Allen, Woody Allen, Jimmy Bond, Jimmy Bond, uh, Sir James Bond's nephew, who's not very good at his job. Yeah, so he's he's Woody Allen's usual kerfuffled self. Uh, pretty much plays the same character and everything. But he, he does it well. He gave me the best line of the movie, and that line is when he's being dragged in front of the firing squad, and he says, I have a very low threshold for death. <laughs> I laughed uh, out loud. That was great. And he's also like, my doctor says I shouldn't let bullets come into me at any point. 
<laughs> it was so pathetic. It was so Woody Allen. Yeah. His character was so non-threatening, but vile at the same time. Jimmy Bond was the sort of character that would marry his adopted daughter. <laughs> now to quickly explain and kill this joke, Woody Allen is a famous actor, playwright, director, and comedian who married his adopted daughter. Uh, also, uh, Woody Allen, because of how the shit fight to make this movie that it was, this is the film that made him start directing. Oh, yeah. And you can see that this is a very Woody Allen film in that well, sense. Yeah, he didn't... I don't think he did actually any directing in this. No, but, but the, the, it, the style... Yeah, he definitely probably had some influence in, in the writing and that kind of thing, but apparently this thing was so horribly mismanaged he went, I could do this better. I could totally do this better. So when he got home, he, he started... Directing. And it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, he made some good Ended movies. up with Annie Hall. Annie Hall being one of his films, not his daughter-wife. Uh, looks and tone. Looks and tone. As a result of having five directors, there are certain points in the movie where it feels almost like you've changed DVDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes from the start feeling very much like your classic British war film. It feels a bit Bondish to start yeah, off with, actually. It feels Bondish. Like It starts with these cars converging on a single point I did another car and these clandestine fellows getting into that car and travelling off and there's a guy sort of speaking softly about who they're going to visit and actually has one of my favourite lines in the movie he's, he's doing all the sort of things like they say he plays Rachmaninoff <laughs> until dark because he can't see the music she's in they say he, almost like the stick and it, it, keeps, <laughs> it keeps getting more and more ridiculous and then one of the last ones is uh they say he lets his intestines down and washes them by hand. <laughs> I missed that. I missed it's that. Like, so it's like talk to him by the Tibetan monks. And the, the, so there's three other guys who are sitting there going, what the fuck? <laughs> and it, it continues on. And that's your, like, your only hint at the start that this is a comedy. A comedy. Well, they start going through the, the, into the property and yeah. there's lions. Like, there's lions? It's like, no one told there was lions. Yeah. Oh, the shit, there's a few good lines in there about the lines as well. But either way, it's like... Everything yeah. you would expect from a bo- comedy Bond film. Well, everything you'd expect from a Bond film, just there was more sexy girls. Yeah, the show everything Connery. that is ex- uh, excessive in a Bond film yeah. has been taken to the next level of excessiveness. That's what I mean. My, my first, one of my first job points was more sexy Bond girls than Sean Connery has been through <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere yeah. you looked, there was another gorgeous girl that made it a very easy film to watch because yeah. these were 60s gorgeous women yeah. who had a different style to yeah slots of today nothing, uh, nothing wrong with you girls it's fine but the <laughs> 60s gorgeous woman is uh, oh, oh my oh and my god every, every single one of them seemed to have their own theme and costume but especially when the uh, there's a random judo master you oh, know, who becomes a James Cooper, Bond who becomes and who's got, he's got to like challenge all the all these women try to test his Test your might, yeah. sort of thing, and he's just like throwing them around, and they're all like so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that happens uh, shortly after when they've gotten Peter Sellers, James Bond. But he's like, yes, we also need more people, and they got this other guy, Cooper, and basically he's going to be trained to be the best possible agent, who is also specifically trained to be able to resist women, because none of the other agents well, could do it. The re- the way that I love it is he's supposed to be trained to resist women. The way he gets. Um, what's the word he gets uh, like hired yeah. is that I think Vespaline goes and sleeps with him yeah and I'm like hang on isn't he supposed to wait a second yeah yeah. I, th- I think that was the reason he also got it was she'd step in front of an agent she'd kiss them and then she'd push him away and then he managed to seduce her yeah. instead of her seducing him and that's why he got the job back to looks and tone so, though uh, it was Technicolor 
Yeah. It was an acid trip in parts, but it just seemed to work. Yeah. There's this, especially just this, because of the directors and that switch between a good Bond film to, especially the scene when they're in uh, West Germany. Mm-hmm. And the scenes inside the, the spy school there is a mix between MC Escher and Carso's cubism. Yeah. The walls are all, all angular and coloured so strangely. And it's clearly uh, what you would look at today and say, that's a terrible set. But it's terrible and it also works for what it is. What it is. It's like, yeah, okay. That explains why they're all running around. The, the, the way film, running around. I suppose the tone and the way it was shot a little bit reminds me a lot of The Holy Grail. Yep. Um, and I suppose you get that with the comedy coming through. It was This movie was both funny, mm-hmm. but it also had a lot of hidden meanings and one-liners yeah. that made it funny and random. Yeah. Very random, which I love. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I can see where, what's, you know, what, what you got. I don't know. Boom. Left yeah. field. You get this absolutely. joke. And you're like, where the fuck did that come from? It's brilliant. But where did that come from? It definitely does feel like a, like uh, the Monty Python films, a series of sketches used to tell yeah. a narrative. And that's where Peter Sellers was sewn in mm. ever so brilliantly. Mm. And luckily they got those scenes before he chuffed yeah. off. Well, another thing I was reading about him and his involvement, he was trying to make it a serious, because he, when he signed on, he thought he was going to be James Bond oh, in right. a James Bond film. So he was kind of disappointed that he had this comedy role. And apparently that's what caused him to go off the rails a lot and get frustrated and that sort of thing because he kept trying to twist it to be a bit more serious. I see. You're not, yet, you're not a serious actor, Peter. Yeah, and then they were like, no, no, do some Peter Sellers stuff. And then all of a sudden... That's where, so that's where just Fu Manchu and yeah. then just did the Indian accent. Yeah. Fair enough. I Just for the bit of the tone, like with the way Peter Sellers was in this, I, his character, Tremble, he asks a French police officer, there's been something worrying me. You're a French police officer, <laughs> and you, you have, have a Scottish, Scottish accent. accent. The reply is, it aye. worries me too. He goes, aye, it worries me too. I was like, what? <laughs> um, there's also a part where he asks the casino doorman, haven't by any chance seen a young lady in a green dress? Let like, me see, sir. Let me see, sir. Would that be a lady with a black bag over her head being manhandled by two unsavory, unsavory gentlemen? I dare say it would be. Like, well, they went that way in a van. It's like, okay. Yeah. Random but Peter Sellers. Yeah. It can be accepted. Accepted. Well, no, it, it's it's to be praised because well, it was just yeah. delivered so well. So it was almost like he came in and it was improv. Yeah, he just said this and then watched what the guy responded with, and all he could, the Scottish police officer come out with was, "Oh, it worries me too." Hey, it worries me too. Um, any more to say on looks and tone? Looks and tone, many different feels and styles throughout, but even though it's disjointed. It works. It works. Yeah. So that means it's like a strange lopsided wheel. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it reminds me a lot of Holy Grail because mm-hmm. Holy Grail is affected by the fact there's so many because it's all, all the Pythons yeah. in it. There's so many different types of creative influences, influences well. and, and they all had their yeah. own sort of different style of comedy. Yeah, um, it gives it a very but it works. Yeah, this is exactly the same thing. Moving on to overall. Overall, it's. Probably one of my favourite Bond films. Yes, definitely. Great film. It's... I can can see where it's not going to be for everyone. Uh, It is quite long. Two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, I I was surprised how long it was. I actually chose to watch this at ten o'clock at night thinking, I'll watch it. Uh, It'll be an hour and a half. 11.30, I'm in bed. And then I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, there's there's definitely points where I sort of looked at my watch and went, oh, jeez, this thing's still got time to go. So it can be a bit long, but... I enjoyed it. Had fun with it. Yeah. Overall. I, it's a pretty film. I love the cheesiness of it. Mm-hmm.
When you're in need of a snack, try all new Cheesy Bon. Please help, they keep covering me in mozzarella. Get back in your fucking cage, Connery. Do not make me come over there. Um, the one-liners, uh, and to see just so many great actors in a spoof film, which a lot of the times you think of a spoof film being a, a new thing. Mm. Um, and it is in, yeah. in a lot of things. It isn't huge amounts of them, but this was something done in the 60s that is a spoof film. And some of the best actors, like there's some great actors nowadays that wouldn't be in a spoof film. Yeah. And this managed to get some of the, the, the biggest, best, the biggest at, the the best at the time and chuck them in there. I can so- totally see why Die Hard Bond fans would not like this movie. <laughs> And by diehard fans, he means diehard fans of the Bond series, not diehard fans fans of the diehard diehard series. What? It does lack structure um, with its whimsical daisy call approach. Yep. It makes fun of the whole theme in general, um, but that's still one of my favourite parts. The whole thing is because this Bond cinematic world has so much to rip into. Yeah. So much crap that you can turn into comedy gold. It mm-hmm. just really, really works. And you have to remember, they only had uh, three or four movies. Well, actually, I think only three others before this. Yeah. To, to reach, rip into, but they've managed to get, every, all get everything, but also somehow with Add freakish stuff. foresight, know Add where stuff. it's going to go yeah. and rip into that before it's even happened in the series. It's brilliant. Now it's time for Matt Clarifies, brought to you by Bond Lazenby. Get refreshed. Yes, I know about the book series, and they probably drew a lot from that as well, but the things that I was talking about there was the certain tropes that were within the visuals of the Bond series films, not the Bond series books. And that's what ruins Austin Powers a lot for me, um, because they managed to do that. Whilst I did enjoy it, in parts it was still a little bit confusing uh, and very hard to follow with the change of scenery and storyline. <clears throat> it's very bumpy. It is in a heavy movie, but it is somewhat hard to follow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can sit there and say that it has a single balanced storyline that you can follow throughout. Yeah. There's certain points where you have to go, I don't know what's going on, and that's okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, now we're over with this agent doing this stuff. But for why? And what happened to the other dude? It doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is the next sketch. It's within the theme of James Bond. Go. Yeah. So exactly right. Um, so recommend. Yes, I would highly, highly, highly recommend this. Movie. I would. I would. Especially if you love James Bond movies, because this is just another take on it, and you'll get a giggle mm-hmm. if you're being serious. You will yeah. get, definitely get a giggle out of this. Absolutely. A couple of things I just want to add on there, though. There were some highly established people in this movie, in the in in, in the sense of people like Peter, Peter O'Toole and Sterling Moss. They took uncredited parts in the film just to be able to work with the other other members of the cast. Peter O'Toole is probably one of the best parts. He's at the very end of the film, and he asked Peter Sellers, "Are you Richard Bur- Burton?" Sellers replies, no, I'm Peter O'Toole. O'Toole then responds with, you're the finest man that has ever breathed. <laughs> then you are the finest man who has ever and breathed. It, and, and this is whilst they're all dressed in Highland dress, playing bagpipes. Yeah. And it's in this huge discombobulating... just random. Yeah. And because he said, are you Richard Burton? And when he said it, I looked at the club and went, oh, that was Peter O'Toole. Yeah. And as soon as... And then he responded with, no, no Peter O'Toole. I'm like, what is... Happening. <laughs> um, yeah. The other one is uh, David Prowse makes his debut, who is the late, later he becomes the physical form of Darth Vader. Luke, I only drink cold, refreshing Bond Lazenby. Out now. He was in there as Frankenstein's monster. Yep. Yes, there is a random scene in this movie with Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. For whatever reason. Because, why not? It's... I- I was like, look at my 
Why is Frankenstein? <laughs> and not a guy dressed, not a guy just who'd been Frankenstein's a, monster. Yeah, not a guy who'd been like, oh, I've just finished my acting down the road at the theatre and I still am in costume. No, no. Shuffling on going Frankenstein. It's like, and Peter, Sir James Bond, David Nevin, David Nevin, runs up and goes, Sir, Sir, could you direct me towards the exit? He's trying to get directions from Frankenstein. Doesn't Frankenstein just go, No, he just keeps walking and they all follow him and then he hits a wall, hits a big metal door, and Sir James Bond is like, Thank you, sir. Very kind of you. Oh god! Yeah. Uh, onto I'm, I'm going to call spoilers here. It's not really spoilers. It's just more some of my favorite favorite scenes that I think you should just go watch it rather than us spoil it. So now that you're back and you finished laughing, uh, some of my favorite scenes and especially there's little nods and that kind of thing. Um, a lot of people don't realize that in the Casino Royale book, there's the scene that happened in the, the more modern Casino Royale with the bottomless chair yep. and getting hit in the nuts. Uh, there's a reference to that. Where Le Chiffre has the Peter Sellers James Bond captured and he starts to fall through this chair. It's like, ah, oh, you don't have to worry about that bottomless chair. Don't worry, I'm using psychological torture. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, that's a clever little nod. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of my scenes. I should have actually written them down when I was busy laughing. They're, they're all good. I've yeah, already mentioned mine. Yeah, I said that the Frankenstein being random, yeah. the whole thing when uh, at the very beginning when, uh, when Sir James Bond is at M's wife's or widow's house um, everything family. that goes on there is oh, just and his many daughters just just brilliant anything with Woody Allen in it is mm. just is great and actually the stuff at Casino Royale is really good because mm. there's this random tiger yeah stuffed tiger that tongue and starts moving and and yeah just watch the film yeah you won't regret Absolutely. it okay so actual, actual spoilery bits uh, the big twist is that Jimmy Bond Jimmy Bond Sir James's nephew is the leader of Smirsh. Dr. Noah. He is Dr. Noah. Bum, bum, bum. And he apparently he's basically been trying to make prove that he's better than Sir James his entire life. Has a mental block where he can't speak in front of the man. Uh, and has all these plans to basically take over the world. He has these uh, bacteria that he's developed that turns all women gorgeous and kills all men taller than himself. So he'll be, he'll be the tallest man in a world full of hotties. And right. that's his big evil plan. And there were atom bomb tablets? There, he also made an atom bomb tablet, which has, has looks like an aspirin, tastes like an aspirin, but has 600 tiny explosives that'll make you go off like an atom bomb. Yes. And he unwittingly has one guess, and starts hiccuping the starts countdown. Hiccuping with a countdown. Uh-oh, 599. Uh-oh, 598. And meanwhile, all hell breaks loose in... In the facility, because everyone's heard that he's going to go off like a bomb. Uh, James, Sir James, and his crew, including a couple of the other Jameses, just get meet up again, try to escape. They're underneath Casino Royale. They end up in a Casino Royale. The American backup like, or, it randomly cuts to these cowboys. <laughs> That's right. And, it sudden, and it cuts back. It's like, the Americans are here, and all these cowboys run in. So it's and like there's some they're Indians. fighting Indians. And then, who, who are representing the French? I, just a re- I think it's just the um, my head hurt by this yeah, point. Yeah, I think it was just the um, the uh, French Foreign Legion guys turn up. They're beating people up in the casino as well, and then it uh, might have been a Cossack. Yeah, possibly Cossack and some Germans and all sorts of random shit. And meanwhile, Peter Sellers is kicking people in the face, and everyone's finding out that every button inside the casino sets off some other trap. Uh, to the point where at one point, 
It's mayhem on the floor. Everyone's screaming and punching. Someone underneath a roulette table flicks a switch and it starts spinning off the table, flying around the room like That's a right. And just laughing gas. So now they're all laughing, laughing and, and fighting at each other. I mean, after that, a chimp in a wig eating <laughs> bubbles pulls its head out of that hole. And then there's also <laughs> seals with big medallions that say 007 clapping away and fighting. And this is the acid trip I was yeah. talking about. And everyone's getting shot from different little things and there's some amazing little fight scenes. The guy's head goes through a bar, hand each in, the, in spittoons, but stands up with half the bar on his head and spittoons on his head, knocking people out. It's just an utter insanity. Needless to say, bomb goes off. The bomb goes off because everyone... Then they're in heaven. Then they're all in heaven, strumming away. And there's a little song about how there's seven little James Bonds up in heaven. And then there's Peter Sellers in Highland gear. And then Peter puts, out Woody, puts out Woody Allen and Woody Allen starts descending to hell. Yeah, random. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah, watch it. It is utterly, <laughs> utterly insane. Uh, the film for next week, Morgan. It's called The Greasy Strangler. Greasy The Greasy Strangler. Sounds like a one-person sex movie that requires a Big Mac... Greasy Strangler from 2016. Yeah. This looks horrifying. All right. This is brilliant. We will watch that and get back to you all. Bye-bye now. Bye.